Welcome in to the Otson Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. Welcome to your Wednesday, or I should say Tuesday edition of the show. Um, we are breaking down some picks of the week for Pac-12 football. Um, a lot of action happened last week. Eric and I both went three and one straight up. I went three and one against the spread. Uh, Jared went two and two straight up two and two against the spread and eric went one and three against the spread which updates the standings eric still in first place straight up 33 and 17. jared and i are tied now at 31 and 19. Uh, i don't know what what happened here but it's i've i'm 20 and 19 against the spread jared is 21 and 20 against the spread so I can explain it, Matt. You you picked a bunch of pushes the first two weeks, so you did. We just didn't give you a win or a loss. So you okay. you, kind of, you kind of broke the rules in a good way. <laughs> <for your record. laughs> uh, so that's how that happened. So Jared and I probably are. Jared's probably ahead of me briefly, and then Eric is sixteen and twenty-five against the spread. Um, <laughs> the fade picks is still in play, apparently. Yes. Uh, Interesting slate. We were just talking about this outside of the Oregon game, around the rest of the conference. Every game in the league this week feels like it's got some storylines, even Arizona at Colorado. Um, and that's where we're going to start. 12:30 kick on the Pac-12 network. Colorado is a six and a half point favorite. Um, this is probably being deemed as if, if not the worst, one of the worst. Uh, power five games uh, ever. Uh, these two teams <laughs> are not good. Um, Colorado could not score. Arizona mm. is awful. Um, and yet, I, I, guys, like Colorado is a six and a half point favorite, and I don't feel confident that seven points is scored in this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what is going on here? Uh, I think that speaks volumes of how bad. Uh, Jed Fish's Wildcats are they they lost their quarterback season ending injury uh last week um I I'm going to pick Colorado to win this game I don't think that they cover though I just I know Arizona's bad but so is Colorado like their offense is not good so give me CU 20 Arizona 17. This is going to be such a weird game, and I'm actually pretty excited we have the the day to watch it because I'm kind of curious to sit down and watch just terrible football be played. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, where the quarterback play like is JV high school caliber, basically, like you said, Matt. Like Arizona again, new new quarterbacks. Colorado's quarterbacks are bad anyway. Um, my score, as I'll get to in a second, I have no touchdowns, just a, a crap load of weird scoring just because I feel like that's how this is going to go. Um, and, yeah, this is probably the only chance either of these teams have of winning a game in Pac-12 play, period. Um, not probably. I think it is. So, I uh, I mean, these teams, by the way, average below 17 points per game. They're both way, way, way bad in the turnover margin, like way bad, like near the bottom of the national. I mean, this is really bad, the offenses in this team, in this game. Um, I'm going Colorado, even though I kind of feel like Arizona might – Pull what is an upset, which just feels weird. That'd be an upset. It would be upset. Six and a half point favorites, Um, but I will go Colorado eighteen to twelve. 
Um, again, I think <laughs> what <laughs> field goals, safeties, missed extra points. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I almost went weirder and went like eight to five, but I decided to to, to go eighteen twelve. Um, the Buffs win a marquee home football game, and it is celebration time in Boulder. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this game is going to be really funny. We had UConn and UMass last week, which was a scintillating performance. I don't know if anybody caught it. Probably not. You shouldn't have, but I did. Um, this is going to be basically the same type of deal. This is going to be an ugly football game. It's going to be very disastrous to watch. There will be moments where you will definitely laugh out loud and really wonder how these people are playing D1 football. But that being said, Colorado's going to win. Ooh. Yeah. I just think Arizona can't stop any type of run. And, and and if Colorado doesn't have to have their quarterbacks throw, that's a win. It's a win right there. So I have Colorado beating Arizona 17-14. That would be pretty. <laughs> We're all be very low scoring. Take the under, everybody. I mean, watch, watch them 800 yards of total offense. Yeah, and, right, and exactly. It played in the 40s. Do we do we know the over-under on this, by the way? Because we both – we all mean like 30. I'm checking that right now. I can find you – because it's it, it better not be more than like thirty five, man. Uh, the over under is forty seven points. Wow, I have forty six and a half here. So take the under, take it. Take we it. all, I think we all picked between like thirty and thirty four points in this game. Yeah. Combined. So, all right, hammer it. Next on the docket is an afternoon slate game uh, on ESPNU. Stanford goes to the Palouse. They head to Washington State. Um, Stanford uh, tried their best against Arizona State and failed. Um, They've looked good at times. They've looked bad at times. Um, Washington State was able to pull off the upset against Oregon State last weekend. and we, we won't dive into whether we think it should or should not be his last time coaching. But Nick Rovich, this might be his last game coaching at Washington State because of the vaccine mandate. Um, that storyline is certainly playing out. Um, it's been over the head of this team for a while, and I think that's led to their up and down play. I'm not sure what to make. Stanford is a two-point road favorite. 4.30 kick on ESPN. I think Stanford should win. Um, I want to pick Stanford to win, but I don't have a lot of confidence in that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Um, I'm going to say Stanford's passing attack. Tanner McKee is going to have a really good game. They'll, they'll be able to control um, Washington State's run and shoot a little bit. Max Borgie. Uh, Macintosh will be limited in what they can do, um, primarily because I don't think Washington State's going to give them the ball a bunch. You know, it, it, it's been a weird year for those two guys. So give give me Stanford, um, and I'm I'm going to take Stanford twenty seven to twenty four. This is going to be the win one for the Rolo. I'm going to say win one for the Gipper game. Maybe I'm 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 going to go with Washington State to win actually. And, and, and like a mm. bizarre, this is weird motivation. The team gets behind him kind of thing. I also will say they're playing pretty well. Um, they, they just beat two teams that, I, mean, I don't think anyone in the Pac-12 is very good. Um, 
like point blank and full stop, if I'm being totally honest. But they did just beat Cal, who was very competitive um, earlier in the season against Washington. And then they also beat Oregon State in a game that was actually fairly impressive. Um, Jaden Delora was really good his last two outings. He actually threw for almost 400 yards, had three touchdowns in the win over the Beavers. So I think these teams are kind of evenly matched from a talent perspective, and I'm just going to go with the there's some weird motivation for the Cougars, and they win 31-28 in what's a really close game that's played um, through four quarters, maybe maybe kind of up and down just because I think both these teams are kind of inconsistent, but ultimately the Cougars pull it out. Yeah, this is a weird one for sure. I definitely agree that you could figure that these two teams are evenly matched in terms of Pac-12 value. Um, I think what I'm looking for are two things, both on the offensive side of the ball. If Jaden Delar can get it going again, like you just said, Eric, he threw for 399 yards, I think it was, last week against Oregon State. Um, I'm not 100% convinced that Stanford's secondary is that good. And if Delara can get it going, I think that could be a huge win for Washington State. And for Stanford, they need to get their, their rushing attack doing something. Just point blank. Now, Oregon State had over 250 yards rushing last week against Washington State. If Stanford can just – Stanford, uh, the Cougars, <laughs> like I think they could pull out a win. It would be low scoring in that case. Um, my score doesn't really reflect that, but I still have Stanford winning. I think they will figure out how to run the ball. I think the Tanner McKee will, will again, have another good performance. Um just like he did last week against Arizona State, Sands all the touch or Sands touchdowns. But I have Stanford 34-28. Uh, I think this is honestly, I think this game could go either way. Uh, I am leaning towards Stanford strictly based off the right arm of Tanner McKee. And you know, we'll see if that turns out. Next game on the docket kicks off an hour later. And I'll be honest, this one might be the game I'm most interested in watching. Um, play out, and that's UCLA at Washington. A um, couple different reasons why. One, Oregon plays at UCLA the next week. Get a good feel for what you know what the, what the Bruins can do with Chip Kelly, um, a team that's uh, trying to figure out: Are they really good? Are they average? Are 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 they bowl eligible? Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird. I'm not sure what they are yet. Still, Washington. Um, they did not play last week, and here they are. And they've kind of, you know, how how far how long ago does that feel of getting upset by Montana, getting destroyed by Michigan? And I understand they really haven't beaten anybody since then. Um, they've lost to Oregon State too, um, but nonetheless, the, the 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 I guess the making fun of. Washington vibe across the country has died down a little bit. And if they win this game, I'm not saying they're going to win the conference, but this is this would be a game for them to really kind of steer the, the ship in the right direction here and really get some momentum going. If they lose, it could be the, you know the beginning of the wheels falling off type of a deal. Washington's a two-point favorite. Games that is being played in Seattle – um, I'm going to go with the Bruins. I think UCLA is going to pull off the air quote upset. Um, I think Chip Kelly is going to be a wizard with his play calling. Um, they didn't throw the ball very well against Arizona last weekend, but they kind of didn't need to. And I think that plays into 
throwing the ball plays into UW's strength. So I think they're going to stick with that run game. And give give me UCLA 34, Washington 27. I think we just said it a second ago. These are like kind of all coin flip games, to be honest. Yeah. And that's what the margin or the, the favor – like there's, there's nobody who's more than a two-point favorite these last three games. And we'll get to the other one in a moment here. But this one, to me – I'm with you, Matt. Like, I'm really curious. This game will tell us a lot about both these teams, and both these teams are pretty important to Oregon's season. Um, strange, just a couple of things I found interesting. This is only the sixth meeting between these schools since 2010. Um, this is only the second time since 2014 the game has been played in Seattle, and UCLA won in 2014, 44 to 31. Um, I just found that weird that these teams like really don't have much of a history playing each other recently. Um, a lot of breaks in the action, like four or five years, three to four years where they just don't play each other. Um, I think the point Matt made was good one in terms of like UCLA is not an offense that throws the ball effectively, but this might be pound for pound the best or one of the best rushing offenses in the conference. And the thing Washington has not been able to do very well is stop the run. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is a game where like, <clears throat> I think we'll learn the first quarter kind of who's it, who's got the advantage here because like let's say Washington gets ahead. I don't know if UCLA plays from behind very well and has much of a shot against a really good secondary for Washington. But if UCLA can take the advantage early, like Matt says, maybe get maybe Chip Kelly schemes up some really good plays. They get an early lead. I could see this being one where UCLA actually wins semi comfortably. I'm not picking picking a semi comfortable win. I'm picking a one score victory, but I'm also sticking with the Bruins and going 27-21. And again, an air quote upset game where UCLA wins this one. I think this is actually pivotal. This is Oregon fans want UCLA to win for yes. a couple of reasons. A, it validates their next matchup in Pasadena in a week, assuming Oregon beats Cal this weekend. And B, it takes Washington uh, another loss and kind of moves them, I don't want to say out of the race for the Pac-12 North, but makes it a lot harder for them to catch up and make up ground and maybe actually contend for it in the back half of the season. I think this is a terrible matchup for Washington. I agree. I really do. Uh, UCLA does not need Dorian Thompson Robinson to be good at all to win this game, I think. He wasn't good at all last week, and, and UCLA had no problems, and they ran for over 250 yards on the ground. And Washington has shown time and time again that they can't stop the rush. Um, Wash, or excuse me, Oregon State ran for nearly 200 yards last or two weeks ago, I guess, uh, against Washington. Uh, even Cal got 140 yards in there against Washington. This UCLA team like just can run the rock. I mean, that's like their bread and butter. Zach Charbonnet uh, was really good last week. Britton Brown for UCLA had uh, 140 something yards, had 12 yards to carry. I mean, they UCLA is just going to have too many weapons on the ground for for Washington. Um, that yeah, and I think if they if, UCLA gets out to an early lead, I think that might be it. I think they might be able to just run the clock out and get frequent first downs because of their rushing offense and not have to rely on DTR to try to get them back into the game. And and if, if they can get on a real offensive rhythm, I don't really know if Washington can keep track. I mean, Washington had one really good offensive game against Arkansas State, but every other time it's been – not that it's been a struggle, but they haven't been uh, – just performing well on offense. I mean, they beat Cal in overtime. They, they lost Oregon State. They only scored 24 points against them. 
So uh, and until they can show that they can score in the 30s, maybe consistently, I'm, I don't know if they can come out with this. So in the end, I have UCLA winning 32-24. Um, Eric made a great point, I thought, of UCLA. Oregon needs UCLA to win this game because if the Bruins win, it's a 5-2 and two, um, UCLA, and let's assume Oregon wins against a 5-1 and one Oregon team. 12:30 kick that you know a lot of people are going to pay attention to that and if Oregon wins that game it's going to carry more weight um or if they and it doesn't really matter they don't have to blow them out they just win by three points or one point that win looks better because if they lose at Washington now UCLA is four and three and if Oregon beats the Bruins they're four and four and now all of a sudden that LSU win has just been wasted and your your one of your marquee non-conference wins comes from a team that's going to be fighting for you know 500 of a record um but that's not good so that, that's a really good point i think that this is this is a really important game for for oregon and for probably for the conference as well um next game on the docket is the last in the pac-12 it's a night game 7 p.m kick on espn Arizona State at Utah, and the Sun Devils are a one-point favorite um, against the Utes. And interesting, I, I was not really expecting this. Um, both teams are pretty solid on defense, especially in Pac-12 play. ASU has allowed just 46 points in conference play. Utah has allowed just 39. Um, and, and Arizona State's played an extra game than than Utah has. So their defenses are playing well. Um, I think the Sun Devils are the clear challenger right now to ASU or to Oregon um, as the Pac-12's best team in the conference, at least in my eyes, which I didn't I didn't buy earlier on. You know, they were really good at home, you know, but they they had struggled uh, in a game at BYU and, and I didn't I didn't buy into them. But now you look at it, Jaden Daniels is kind of turning things around, completing 70% of his passes. And they've got uh, a rushing attack that's really good, four guys with over 165 yards. And you know, Daniels is one of them with almost 370 rushing yards. I, I think this Utah team, is their defense is good enough to hold the Sun Devils to a score – uh, that they should be able to to win. I don't think their offense, though, um, against a good ASU defense is going to be able to match their counterpart. Um, and this is a game in which I, I, I think if Utah is to win, this game's probably played in the, the high teens, the low 20s. I, I just don't buy what, uh, Utah's offense being able to, to score in the 30s um, consistently. And I know they, they they put up 42 at USC last week, but um, I'm taking Arizona State in a game where they're, it's not going to be a shootout, but it's going to have that, that feel where Utah has to score almost every possession if they're going to hang with, Utah, with Arizona State. And I think they lose at home. So um, ASU 34, uh, Utah 27. I think this one is really interesting. 
the Pac-12 South. I mean, not that you determine the conf, the divisional race in October, but if Arizona State wins this game, it's going to be they're going to be in a really really good spot because you look around the rest of the division and one of well USC already has three losses. One of Arizona and Colorado will have three losses. The other will have two. We know those teams aren't going to factor, and they would have the head to head against Utah, who would have one loss. Um, Arizona State. I don't want to say they put it away, but they'd be in really a really good spot if they win this week, um, and, and I think they will. I'm with Matt. A lot of the logic there. I think, I think Jaden Daniels is is the Pac-12 Player of the Year front runner right now. And I think if he goes out and has another strong performance here, he I want to say solidifies it, but he creates maybe more distance in that race, and it becomes more of it's Jaden Daniels and then who, right? Um, <laughs> and I and I and I do think I have concerns still with this Sun Devil team. Um, I like Jaden Daniels. I don't know if I trust him against a top tier defense, which is why I do pause here a little bit of like, I could also see this being a game where Utah's defense really gets after him. He's under pressure all day. He makes some mistakes, turns it over a little bit, things that he is prone to do. um, And and they lose a kind of a clunker, but I'm also just sort of feeling like this Arizona state team kind of has got some momentum now and they really feel like, and honestly, maybe I'm just rooting for the conference to have another decent to good to maybe great team. And the Sun Devils really feel like the only candidate right now for that. So I'm going Arizona State 38, Utah 35. I think this game is very close <laughs> throughout. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way at all. You know, in fact, I, it, it's really like a real coin flip game here. But um, I'm trusting just the better quarterback play, I think, ultimately. And I think Cameron Rising has looked good. I think Jaden Daniels is better. I put my pick mid, mid-conversation. So oh, I for you. I uh, I now have Utah winning thirty-one to twenty-seven. Oh, I know, I know. I this is a game. This is just going off of a gut feeling. This is a game that Arizona State usually loses, and I feel like they're going to continue that trend. They have, they do have a lot of momentum. They've had some good wins and a huge win over UCLA earlier. Um, the five and one Pac-12 South title, basically insights. Uh, I, I think Utah is coming into their own right now. I, I was high on Utah to start the season. Charlie Brewer was not good, very bad. Um, and I think I think Cameron Rising actually, you know, gives himself some solidification at the quarterback position. Uh, their defense is really shaping up. It's it, it, what what a U, typical Utah defense looks like. And I think I think it's going to get to Jaden Daniels. I think he's going to have a couple interceptions, um, and just in costly manners. I think Utah can get their ground game going. Uh, I know Arizona State's uh, run defense has actually been really good this year, but yeah, I think I think they, that Utah is just going to have enough short fields to really give themselves an opportunity to score. Um, so thirty-one twenty-seven Utah. Other games across the conference uh, or across the country that that we're going to be watching here. Um, we said we would make some some upset picks throughout the week across the conference, uh, across the country. Excuse me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my pick being an upset to a team that was at one point last week in the discussion for a college football playoff and probably is now out. And that's BYU. I think they they lose their second straight game. They go on the road to Baylor. Um, this weekend and Baylor's offense is not where it was in the early 2010s, but I think this team is a lot better than we were maybe expecting them to be 
Um, they've, they've had an easy schedule to open up the slate here, but an unranked Baylor team is a six-point favorite against a one-loss uh, BYU team. So I'm going Baylor. I know, I know Baylor's. Does that count as an upset though? Like, <laughs> like. It's an unranked team beating a ranked team, so yeah, like, that's how I look at it. Like, I, I realize, you know, mid sentence that that's not really a ranked, you know, it's not really the definition of a of an upset. Um, so if 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 that doesn't count, I'll go with my second one, which I don't have as much confidence in. That's Tennessee um, at home, up upsetting number thirteen Ole Miss. Um, the Vols have improved under Josh Heupel. Um, I had Baylor winning that one against BYU, and so it, because they're a favorite, I'm going to change it down to, to Tennessee upsetting Ole Miss. I'm not as confident in this one happening, um, but I do think Tennessee will win this one. Georgia is a 23 and a half point favorite at home to number 11 Kentucky. I'm not picking them to lose because I bet they cover by a lot. I just wanted to say that's kind of absurd that you have a you have a four score favorite at home against the top 10 team almost. Like that tells that tells you what they think about Georgia. Yeah. Four fours against another team that's supposedly a top ten caliber team. Um, do not pick against the Bulldogs. I think they'll probably win by a lot, and they'll yep. continue yep. to win until maybe the SEC championship game if they lose at all. Um, I'm going with a kind of a funky one here. I'm not sure I totally buy the Michigan State Spartans being like really good and legitimate. Oh, is this where you were going to, Gerard? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Um. Indiana, who they play on the road, also hasn't looked great, by the way. Um, they've Their losses have been to good teams, good-ish teams, mm-hmm. I think we think. But I'm just kind of not sold the Spartans are there. They're 6-0. They've got some wins over some teams that we thought in the preseason were going to be good, like Miami hasn't turned out to be very good. Um, I think this is a stumbling block game for them, and, and it takes one of the Big Ten undefeateds out of the picture. Um, and I, I could kind of see like Indiana being kind of sneaky all season this way. I don't want to say they're really talented, but they are a team that the last couple of years has been really competitive. They have their senior quarterback back. I know he's not been playing very well, um, but give me the Hoosiers on the upset over the Spartans. I like the pick. I had the same one. Um, I, I like Indiana. They have three losses this year, two to top 10 teams. The other, no, all three of them, the top 10 teams, excuse me, Iowa, Penn State, and Cincinnati. That's a, you know, that's a tough schedule. And Michigan State hasn't played anybody. They really haven't. The only only team that they won where it was an upset was Miami. We all know what Miami is now. That is not very good. Um, Tom Allen, Michael Penix. I don't know. This just feels like an upset brewing. You have Indiana, who's a hard-nosed football team. Uh, they, they play the game well. They execute at a well level. They're coming off of a bye, and they have home field advantage. You know, they put up a really good fight against Cincinnati earlier in the year with home field. Cincinnati, I think, is much better than Michigan State. Um, this just If there's an upset pick of the weekend, I think it's this one. I don't really have another one, honestly, looking through the slate. Um, Kentucky-Georgia might not actually be a good game at all. Which is very surprising, but yeah, I I think that's the only one to really go with. Um, I I don't I'm like you, Eric. I don't really buy into the Michigan State hype. I think they're a solid football team, but number ten in the country, I don't I don't see. I think I bet if this game was play week one, 
Indiana would be like a seven point favorite based upon what the preseason expectations were for the two programs. And it's just been a deal yes. where from a schedule perspective, Michigan state has a much easier road. And like Jared said, Indiana has played um, probably one of the toughest schedules in the country. So I think that's a mm-hmm. sneaky one. I like that one. And uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy you, you shouted that out, Jared. A hundred percent. I just don't know where else to go on the slate. And there's, and I kind of looked at TCU and Oklahoma just for a hair, because I don't really know what T- or what Oklahoma is doing with their quarterbacks right now. I don't think anybody does. And TC also dropped like 55 on Texas Tech, but that's not saying a whole lot. One game that's uh, not really – I'm not going to make a prediction on it, but one that matters to Oregon. Four and two Fresno State on the road at Wyoming, mm. 12-30 game on FS2. Um, didn't even realize that was a channel. I was just going to say. two FSs. Uh, oh, and this is Fresno State coming off a bye week when two weeks ago they lost at Hawaii 27 to 24. Wyoming's 4 and 1. Yeoman. Um, and, and this isn't going to be a an easy pushover for Fresno State. And Oregon needs the Bulldogs to keep winning. They're a three and a half point favorite. Um, in, the, in this one, but this is one that if we think Fresno State is as good as they should be, they should win this game, and the league, the, the Ducks kind of need them to. I would really stink if Fresno State's, like, average Mountain West team after they yeah. beat Oregon and then they beat UCLA. That would reflect very poorly on the Pac-12 because Pac-12 did not fare well against Mountain West schools, but the only team that kind of competed decent against, I guess, was Fresno State. That was supposed to be a game, like, that was supposed to be a win you could kind of Get your, put your hat on there. Um, but I don't know. I was really underwhelmed by Fresno State. That, you know, we watched a little of that game late on uh, following the Stanford loss, and boy, they just didn't look like the same team that challenged Oregon and beat Fresno State. I don't know if they're just playing up and down to their competition or what, but that was underwhelming. And a Wyoming team, which, gosh, from a talent perspective, shouldn't compete, I don't think, against Fresno State, at least some of the guys we saw on that Bulldog roster. Yeah, it's a, it's for Oregon. It's a must-win for Fresno State. You know, they have to keep going. Uh, yeah, losing to Hawaii on the island was less than ideal for every Oregon fan out there. But I still think Fresno State's a solid team. I think they're probably the one of the best, or definitely one of the best in the non-West. Um, they just, yeah, they they got to beat Wyoming. I mean, no disrespect to Wyoming, but that shouldn't be a team that comes close to competing with them talent-wise or physically or anything like that. I mean, unless Jake Hayner, I don't know, he's probably still injured from the UCLA game. So maybe that's a maybe that's a cause for concern. But uh, I think he's just too much or too much and too talented for Wyoming to even come close. So but if, if they do, that would be that'd be a bad thing for Oregon's resume going forward. It's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audible's podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching uh, on YouTube as well. And until later this week when we get you really ready for Friday night's game against Cal with previews and we've got an interview set up with Jackson Moore to uh, get you the coverage on the Cal side of this game as well. So look for those podcasts to come out. And until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audible's podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace.